This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Grease. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. Where'd you get those goobers? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Grease, which my guest has seen before. He is the founder of the Samcast Network. Please welcome back Samuel Lewis to the show once again. Good to have you back, Sam. What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> Just chilling out. <laughs> Oh, that's so that's so good. Uh, if you're not watching the video version of this podcast, you are missing out right now. Uh, Sam is uh, in his uh, grease gear, his John Travolta <laughs> gear, his whatever you want to call it. His, uh, I'm in a leather jacket, which is immediately coming off now because I live in the South and screw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're part of the T-Birds gang, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well and yourself. I'm doing fantastic. I uh I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Uh I am uh I as soon I saw the um I I, I when I knew we were gonna do this movie, I knew that um I, I was thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, uh Sam is probably gonna wanna um cover this movie with me. I checked the list uh of guests for this movie, and of course your name is listed, and I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like I could I I could not like it, I mean and I guessed correctly so I'm glad I guessed correct <laughs> definitely all righty without further ado let's go over the stats like we always like to do uh, Greece is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors and is available to stream on Paramount Plus which I guess makes sense because it was released by Paramount Pictures on June 16, 1978 the movie was directed by Randall. Clisser, Clisher, and stars John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Stockard Channing, Jeff Conaway, and Diddy Khan. That is a great name, by the way. The movie mm-hmm. had a budget of $6 million. Wow, only $6 million? Made $396.2 million <laughs> in theaters. My God. I mean, yeah. How about, uh, talk about a return on your investment. <laughs> but, uh, do you remember when you saw this movie for the first time, Sam? I've been trying to figure this out because I always know this question is going to come up, and I think I've become a broken record at some point. I was really young whenever I watched this. My my parents didn't shelter me that much. Usually if there was a movie like this, I mean, uh, to be fair, this movie is not that bad. If you it really is. It, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's got a couple of like, swear drops but even then they're not that bad <laughs> like they're, they're not they're yeah the low tier one it's like you so have it's, it's like you have i think there was like one shit that i heard in the whole movie uh-huh. and like that was pretty much it <laughs> 
Grease Lightning, the song is about the filthiest thing in it, to be oh, honest. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, with the gyrating we'll hits there. and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean just the lyrics. If you're oh, paying I attention see. to those lyrics, my God. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, otherwise, yeah, it was pretty good to where I got into Grease fairly early. So yeah, it was another one of mine that I kind of got into when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, no, so you didn't see it in 1978 when it premiered in theaters? (laughs) (laughs) No, decidedly not. I have not taken my TARDIS back to see the premiere yet. It's on the bucket list. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right on, right on. Now, I will say um, I have had two encounters with this movie. Um, Two separate occasions I have seen this movie in passing, but I didn't, like, I wasn't actively paying attention, so it it doesn't count for... uh, for me seeing it for the first time, you know, like this was the first time I actually sat down and deliberately watched the movie from start to finish. Um, and, um, I've actually, uh, so the, the two times that I have seen it, both cases, I wasn't really paying attention. The first time I think my parents had, had the movie on or something. I don't, it, it was either my parents or like one of my other relatives that I was, um, at, like it was on in the background and I just, could not care less about it at the time i was <laughs> i was in i was in like my teenage years at that point i think so right. it's like and when i saw that movie i'm like this is stupid <laughs> you know not realizing <laughs> right. that you know a lot of the themes would be echoed right mm-hmm. but um second time i saw it uh i was visiting uh my girlfriend at the time uh we both went to the same college and they had this like co-ed lounge. A lot a lot of dorms do this where like they'll have like a co-ed lounge um before you get to the actual dorms themselves. And we would always hang out in there because I didn't have my driver's license at the time, so I couldn't really, you know, take her anywhere. So <laughs> but I very distinctly remember it was a Saturday afternoon and somebody had the movie on in the background on the TV. Uh, the, like there was like a main TV in the uh in the little uh, lounge area, but uh, of course I had other priorities that I was interested in at that point. <laughs> right? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> do, um, where do you do you remember where you saw the film first? Um, my grandmother used to have. She doesn't have it anymore. Uh, but she used to have this wooden case. Uh, that you opened up. And it was mm. like about as tall as a standard bookcase, I guess, if I'm going to put some image in people's heads, because obviously this is audio mostly. Sure, sure. Um, but it was about the height of a standard bookcase, and you'd open it up, and it just had little shelves in it, and that's where all of her video cassettes were. Mm. And she had all these different videos, and now that I'm thinking about this, this is a very specific thing for me, uh, but I've not really reflected on it till this moment. So reflection going on live uh-huh. on air. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of my early movies came from that case. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So it was interesting. It wasn't that she bought them all. Sometimes she'd buy them for my older cousin because she liked something and she'd keep it in there so she could pull it out when she visited and stuff like that. Right, she just, right. She just kept this video library and Grease and Grease 2, which we will be talking about later, whether you people like it or not. Um, well, mm-hmm. those were both in there. So, like, I remember getting into both of those and stuff like that because of it. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. I suspect at some point in our travels that case is probably going to come up again. If I oh think about yeah, it. for sure. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, no. We had um, 
we had like a tower of VHS cassettes growing up. Like that was that was the thing. And yeah, we had something similar like that. It was like a little hutch where um where you'd put uh where you'd put your VHS tapes in and then the VCR player would be like r- set right on top of it. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that was that was the way to go. Yeah. And um and like you mentioned too with um with the whole like it not being very risque. I mean, it might have been risque at the time. This was 1978, right? So right. this might have been pushing the envelope um at the time, but nowadays like this is nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so I, um, there were several moments in this film for me that reminded me of past films that we've covered on this show. And of course, first thing that stood out to me right away was the clicks in school, right? The, the T-Birds, the pink ladies, the telling everyone you're going to be vice president club. (laughs) (laughs) Those clicks uh, very much reminded me of the movie Breakfast Club. Mm. And it was interesting because we actually got to see the entire group of people there rather than just, you know, one representative from each group that, you know, Breakfast Club kind of showcased, you know? Yeah, totally. I can get that one. Yeah. The other, um, the other one for me, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and War Games, of course, you know, the actual school environment, of course, um, you know, right. that, that that's pretty self-explanatory. But that 1950s ice cream parlor with the jukebox in it uh, and the, and those school dance scenes like that very much reminded me a lot of Back to the Future, which you and I uh, have previously mm-hmm. covered on this show. And um, and in fact, this movie was actually set in the 50s, too. So it would have mm-hmm. would have been the same dance moves as Back to the Future had. You know? Essentially. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, what, what did you think of uh, what did you think of those? Oh, I I I loved those scenes. I'm I think part of why I got into this movie as a kid was the specific era. I have been into this era for most of my life. Like there's. There's legitimately, I was a weird child. I think one time (laughs) one of our family friends described me to his daughter because she said, have you always been this way? Because she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And he said, Sam has always been a little man for as long as I've known him. And I've known him since he was up to my knee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I've always had like likes past my years. So Mm -hmm. like the era of the 50s, minus the stuff about the 50s, we probably could have changed. If you mm -hmm. take that out of the equation, obviously, then yeah, there's... There's a lot about the 50s that I like, including like the comedians of the era, things like that. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely one of the eras that I hold right here. So you get that whole dancing plus I, personal fact about me. I was in dance club in high school. Oh, so really? I've also got. Yeah. So I've also got a little bit of that um, going with it and stuff to where that kind of gave me some nostalgia. I wasn't expecting. Right on. Um, yeah, no, sometimes um sometimes I'll go back and watch like um programs of my childhood that I used to watch like just to feel the nostalgia of like growing up again and feeling like a kid again. You know, like totally. it it literally takes you right back. Like it feels like you're being transported back to your childhood when you're watching these. Like it really does, man. Like Yes. It's it's crazy. And uh 
course, you are a big fan of musicals, I've deduced, and this is not uh-huh. the first musical we've covered on Cinemavention either. Uh, we, of course, recently covered the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which, just like Grease, was a musical that basically kind of tur- got turned into a movie. Uh, and the funny thing about this is that I could totally vision this movie as a stage production. Like, throughout yeah. the movie, when I'm watching it, I'm like, I could totally, I could see this being a stage production. I can see myself going to the, uh, going to the, um, to the opera house or the Broadway or whatever you want to call it. Right. And Mm -hmm. watching this, um, and watching this production, right? Like the sets are super simple and, 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 and I was almost expecting applause at the end of the musical numbers, even though I knew that wasn't going to happen. But it's like, yeah. you know, you know, like, okay, yep, this is an applause line right here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, whenever I was in elementary school, which is another thing that makes me think uh, this probably wasn't that bad. There was a group of, um, I think they were from a high school or something, but they were traveling around the area just performing. Because you do that sometimes when you're in drama groups. Mm-hmm. Um, we even did that whenever I was in drama back in the day. Um, and... They came and performed Grease, and I was utterly delighted as a kid to just see a stage production version of it. So I've seen it play out and everything. Dude, I assume with the original setup and everything. Dude, I I so want to go see like an actual Broadway version of Grease now. Like I want to see it like on it. I want to see it performed on stage now, like so bad after watching this. Like, oh man, uh, yeah, yeah this, bucket this is list, great, man. Bucket yeah, list. yeah, no, add it to the bucket list. Yeah, no. Um, well, I'll head north. I'll pick you up on the way, mm-hmm. and then we'll both go to New York. <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, it'll be my uh, it'll be my second time in uh, New York City. So yeah, no, I'd love to go back. Yeah, New York City was so much fun. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, this movie, you know, it, of course, we, we can't uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact of, you know, Olivia mm-hmm. Newton-John, of course. Um, and it was funny because um, I was on vacation uh, last month and I and I got the news that um, that she had passed uh, August 8th, 2022, uh, at the age of 73. And it sounds like from all accounts, it was due to the uh, breast cancer that she was uh fighting um had many um resurgence unfortunately of the cancer so that that was super unfortunate um yeah and i knew we were going to cover greece on cinemavention at some point right but like after the news of her passing i was just like okay yeah no as soon as i get back from vacation that's like one of the first movies we're gonna cover when i get back um mm-hmm. and i just felt like it was the right time to cover this movie um now and Honestly, though, like the only two things I really knew Olivia Newton-John from were, you know, this movie, obviously, and her song Physical, which came out in the 80s, of course, you know, massive popular hit, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which one of the best bits of innuendo in the the 80s is that song. Like it's, it is just italian chef's kiss right because the music video is very much like all of them in like you know 80s workout gear and working out it's like let's get physical in the gym but let's Mm -hmm. be honest we all know what the song's really about yes exactly (laughs) but uh i don't know are there any other olivia newton john uh projects that 
you want to note here because those were the only two I knew of of her. And and to be honest, like there's not really I don't know. I felt like she just didn't really do that much after physical I, came out. I know of them, but I have not watched them. So like I know about Xanadu, right? Mm-hmm. But I've never watched it or anything. So I can't really say much about it. I think she really is kind of Sandy in my head. And right? I know she's done other things. And it's so unfair for me to just know her for one thing, right? Uh-huh, but uh-huh. that's that's sort of where I am yeah. with her too. It's like you can't you can't help but just like you can't help it, right? It's like Yeah. And and I'm sure like and 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 I know actors and actresses get really annoyed sometimes with just being put in a box like that. At the same time though, like she it almost felt like she kind of embraced it. Like she mm. um she she was always um she would always come back for like the anniversary specials whenever they would celebrate the anniversary. They do, um, um, they you know, like she would come back and do like an interview talking about it and everything. And I don't know, like it, it, it definitely felt like she was perfectly okay with just being referred to as Sandy, um, for the mm. rest of her career. Like I don't know. Do do you do you feel that way? Yeah, some people take their iconic roles and hate them and stuff like that but it feels like she was really one that sort of went no i i know that this is something people are going to know me for and i'm going to embrace this so mm-hmm. yeah, it mm-hmm. did kind of feel that way absolutely yeah no and Plus, I, it feels yeah. like it feels like her and john travolta were like inseparable friends after right this too oh like, yeah you no saw absolutely them in interviews and stuff mm-hmm. and they were just yeah, goofing it up and everything. Yeah, I know. They yeah, they they did several interviews together. Um even even several years later after Grease came out, they they would still do interviews together. Um there's yeah. there's several of them up on YouTube. It's it's crazy. And and yeah, no it, and it's funny because um seeing John Travolta in this film was kind of a uh, was kind of a weird thing because the last time I saw John Travolta, I believe was in Pulp Fiction. Which, if you compare the two roles, very, uh, very uh, polar opposite roles. Yeah. <laughs> like, very much on the way opposite ends of the scale. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one thing that I didn't even realize, um, and it was not until all the news reports about her um, death began circulating, I had no idea that she was originally from Australia. I had no oh. idea until... Um, until all those new report, all those news reports came out, I just assumed that she was originally from America because she looks like you know your average American you know woman from that time, right? And mm-hmm. like, I would love to go to Australia someday. Like, speaking of bucket mm-hmm. list, that's one of my yeah. that's one of the places I would love to go. Combine it, find out with. I don't know if they do musicals at the Sydney Opera House. Opera House. Listen to me, Southern sneak up. The Sydney Opry House? No, uh, the Sydney <laughs> Opera House. <laughs> um, Sydney Opera House. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if they do, combine the two. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I, I have to imagine. I If there's not something already, there, there has to be something in the works, right? Like, I have to assume that something has to be in the works to honor her by setting something up like that at the Sydney Opera House or something like that'd be great. That would be amazing. And uh, honestly, hey, let, let's 
plant the seed um if there's not because that <laughs> <Right>. should happen <laughs> yeah totally um here's what i will say getting back to greece the movie and and the the thing is it's actually a pretty basic plot if you think about oh, yeah. it right like yeah. it's it's very basic in the sense of you know what the story is like y- you it, it's pretty easy to follow right but in my mind, it doesn't. I don't think that diminishes from the brilliant, the brilliantness of this movie, right? Like, it was right. a super fun movie. It took you through basically a year of high school, all in the span of an hour forty five minutes, like from start to finish. Like, um, so we basically just lived the entire high school experience in one movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Did did it remind you of your uh, high school days, Sam? A little bit, uh, just just with vague things like there were cliques, things like that. There are things about this movie that are universal, regardless of what time period you came from, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, that just go through. I was especially having flashbacks in that dance um, because ours was a little bit retro, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Plus, it was kind of um, that year for the art show. We had done the um, 80s, I believe it was. And one of my friends was the John Travolta stand-in because mm, they did, mm-hmm. like, Saturday Night Fever as one of the things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was essentially the John Travolta of the school. Like, girls were swooning over him the same way and everything. Uh-huh, and I just uh-huh. laughed my head off the entire time because the, oh, the yeah. boy looked like John Travolta in this era. So he didn't have to work hard to pull it off, in other words. Yeah. So he had the... He had the dance moves and everything. So he was essentially oh, yeah. John Travolta. Uh-huh. It was so good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I have uh, I have some thoughts about uh about uh the girls fawning over him and uh the da- <laughs> the dance that stuff. It's we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. I I have some totally. issues with it, but we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> but um speaking of John Travolta's dance moves, not only that. But, you know, the soundtrack of this movie, like all the musical numbers were great. And I had no idea that John Travolta could sing like that. Yeah, he's great, I had no he? idea. <laughs> like, yeah, he is actually a pretty talented singer. Like, yeah, fair play. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I mean, I, I mean, Olivia Newton-John was better, though. Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> not to compare, not to compare. But. I think it's um it, it's definitely hard to pick favorites from the soundtrack, right? Oh yeah. But I think I think my th- top 3 favorite songs from the soundtrack are are Summer Nights, of course, Grease Lightning, and You're the One That I Want. And granted, th- mm. those are probably everyone else's favorites too. But yeah. uh those were probably are my good. favorites. Yeah. What what were your favorites? Oh goodness. Yeah, it's so difficult. Uh Summer nights definitely, and that has a that has a connection with like high school. We used to joke because someone had to be the one to do it, so I was always the one that the very problematic line. Did she put up a fight? Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. was the one that took the bullet on that one every time. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you pretty much picked the ones I would probably pick. Um, hopelessly devoted is probably one I would also put on that list. Which yeah, is, yeah. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. For but, sure, for sure. But yeah, it's 
it's really it's a really good soundtrack. I don't think there's any of them you can take and throw out. They're all no, amazing. no, you really can't. Yeah, no, and yeah, no, and it, and, and honestly, I I just picked the top three because those were my favorites. Yeah, I, absolutely. Hopelessly devoted to you is still a a really good track too. It, it, it was just it's hard to rank them, you know. So it's yeah. like it, ha- it had to go somewhere in my ranking, and that's where it ended up. Uh-huh. But but yeah, no, but that definitely doesn't mean it's not a good song because it definitely is. Um, also, of course, the title track, uh, you know, Grease, the title track, of course, uh, mm-hmm. by uh, Frankie, um, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Valley, is that right? Valley, it is, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Frankie Valley singing it, little trick here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is written by Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. Oh, hmm. Okay. Yeah, a little thing that I happen to. I think I can I didn't know either. I think I can I, see. Uh, I think I can see the Bee Gees influence in that song. Now that you say yeah, that, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I and I did look it up. Saturday Night Fever happened before this song, so there's that connection between mm. him and John Travolta. So it yeah 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 yeah. Sense. But yeah. is it just me though? But or does Frankie um Frankie Valley his singing reminded me a lot of Adam Levine from Maroon Five. Am I the only one that hears the similarity between those two singers? Because they very much sounded the same to my ears. I would have to listen to them more in order to make that comparison. I can vaguely see it though. I've, I'll have to do more research though. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Yeah, if anyone else. Uh, uh yeah it, 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 anyone else let me know in in the chat if i'm way far off base on that but um of course uh that song also reminded me of the ending song on the breakfast club like it, it, it very much has the same style to it um uh, you know where they're uh where um oh i forget the character's name uh but he does the uh the like jump in the air at the end like yeah the yeah uh-huh <laughs> Like it very much, uh, it very much reminded me of that too. Like the the songs were very similar. Um, speaking of artist similarities too, um, I, Olivia Newton John singing, especially in this movie, reminded me a lot of Carrie Carpenter from the Carpenters. Like it, it, it. They, they sounded very similar as well. Like that's her, I, every time Olivia Newton John was singing in this it reminded me of Karen of Karen Carpenter. Mm. And uh, of course I, I know the Carpenters have more mainstream hits, but um, whenever I hear the Carpenters now, the, the, the only thing I think of is Merry Christmas, darling, because <laughs> fair enough, because <laughs> you know, because it's played every Christmas. So <laughs> um, otherwise you don't really hear a lot of Carpenters songs anymore other than I, I unless you're, unless you're tuned into a very specific radio station, right? right. Like yeah. that's the only time you ever hear the carpenters anymore. And at Christmas time, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, you mentioned uh, hopelessly devoted to you. And um, uh, in my research, I actually found out that that song along with you're the one that I want are not actually in the original musical. Those were added to the movie edition um, first, so they were um, a part of the movie, um, and and I don't know. I wonder if they did get added to the actual musical later. I, I don't know, but apparently it sold a lot of singles back in the day. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's why they uh, a- added them in. But um, but yeah, no, I that that's interesting that they um, inserted their own mu- music tracks in it. Yeah, so. that's that's neat. A lot. 
I'm trying to think. I I think that happens a lot, maybe. I feel like I feel like I'm pulling that out of thin air though, so don't quote me on that necessarily. But I feel like I've heard of other movie musicals that also came up with and here's the track originally for the movie sort of situation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it really happened for a lot of the classic, classic ones. I'm talking about your My Fair Ladies, your uh, West Side Stories, although that one I think might have had one, so I might have to pull back on that. But anyway, point is, I think I've heard it done for other ones before. I I think, um, am I, I want to say Footloose had like stuff added to it. I don't know. Probably. It probably did. Yeah. Like I, I have to assume it did. Um, how about those opening credits at the start of the movie? <laughs> I, it's weird because that was a weird design choice to go with animated opening credits at the start of the movie. Like, cause we go from, you know, live action at the very beginning, um, which we'll talk about in just a second here. And then it goes right into these like animated opening credits. I I don't really understand the design choice of that. I'm going to be completely honest. I've seen several movies from that era that have made that choice. So I suspect Mm. it's more of an era choice than anything else. Yeah. Um, But I kind of like them, though. It's not like you're saying they're bad. It was just interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And it it was neat seeing the different... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the different ones and go oh that's you okay <laughs> you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that as it just revealed the different ones and whoever did draw those did a pretty good job because they're yeah. sort of um mad magazine like uh, yeah. style without the this is the only if you if you've read a mad magazine you know what i mean by this if mm-hmm. not look it up then you'll understand without the grotesqueness right right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it was more that style of caricature and a bit more accurate right yeah so. for sure well and because here's the thing the closing credits where they had all the credits in basically like a yearbook that made yeah. sense to me right because it's mm-hmm. at the very end of the like of the last day of school everyone gets their yearbook at the end so that yeah. made sense to me, right? But you, you know, even see it on screen, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but and and they even like laid out the credits, sort of like a uh, like a yearbook too, which was which was really a nice touch. And like, so I don't know. Yeah, no. So I guess if it it was like a a uh, an era choice, that makes a lot more sense because otherwise the animatedness of the opening credits seems completely just random. Um, otherwise. So that would make way more sense to me if it was of the era. So that that would that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, of course, we talked about the uh, the cold open, uh, and at first when the cold open played, I thought we were jumping ahead to the end of the movie at the start. <laughs> you know, with with Danny and Sandy at the beach, and I guess in a way the um the end result still ended up with them being together. So I guess it was sort of. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. It's it's not, but <laughs> but the but they uh but they did end uh or but they did end up together, so I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh it, but that was but that was funny to me. I was like, wow, we're jumping right into this thing. Wow, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> now I wanna talk to you about this because this was interesting to me. So 
I actually did relate to uh, to Danny a little bit, um, wanting to keep his image as the leader of the T Birds intact, right? Because um, they uh, they find out that they um, that they go to the same school, and at first he um, he's like. He's like Sandy, Sandy, and then he has to, and he and he's like, "Oh shit, I, I I'm with my boys here. I gotta I gotta act right in front of my boys, right? Right." And as bad as this sounds, I very much had, and still to this day, have multiple ways that I present myself depending on who I'm talking to, whether it's you know high school buddies, my ch- my old church friends, even my family, right? Like, yeah, and like. You know, trying to stay cool in school, you know, and keep but also keeping the balance of staying true to yourself. It's a very fine line, right? Very. Yeah. Yeah. I it yeah, this is I yeah, no. I related so much to this. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you, how do you feel about that? I was the diplomatic weirdo in high school that pretty much acted the way I wanted to act and for some reason everyone accepted it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but but I definitely get you on that level because I will definitely not make certain types of jokes with certain people if I do not know them well enough to know whether that's appropriate or not, I guess right. is the thing. Like you you as a person as they get to know me unlocks several doors that mm-hmm. they go through on the way. Eventually everybody gets to the same thing, but right. there are definitely levels in there Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily a form of dishonesty or anything like that either it's just that you know depending on situation some things are inappropriate some things Mm -hmm. aren't appropriate you kind of figured that out you gauge it and that's your different selves well and you know for me it was probably a lot more of the uh, dishonest (laughs) section of that but for for personally but you're a better person than i am so I have my faults too, Will. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, no, that, that is very much. I, and it's like I still do it to this day because, um, you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to get into it too much. But yeah, no, it's like <laughs> there, there are some people uh, in my life that if they found out that I was doing this, uh, they would not be happy. <laughs> yeah. So I just uh, keep that information. Uh, close and i don't let them know that (laughs) fair enough so you know it's it's unfortunate but it's the way it is you know Mm -hmm. and but here's here's the thing about um danny uh you know because danny kind of is the you know acting cool as front of his boys and i don't know it almost seemed like um um the relationship that formed between um uh, you'll have to help me on this. Uh, Rizzo Kineki. and Kaneki. Yeah. If you think about it, like that relationship to me, I feel like was kind of the turning point for Danny. I I don't know. Like, I, I, what do, what do you, I, I'm curious what you think about this because in my mind, you know, Danny almost needed like quote unquote permission, you know, from his boys. Like he, it needed to be like socially acceptable for him to pursue Sandy again. And because um, they even yeah. kind of caught on to it whenever they pull mm-hmm. up one tiny detail, I noticed when they pull up to the slumber party um, is that one of them flat out to pick on Danny goes, Sandy, therefore, you know, so <laughs> they know they figured it out right. like, at that point, at least. Um, but I will give them credit. At least pouting. they stick with him, though, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, 
But yeah, as much as my God, this movie does so many interesting character developments. It makes you hate Rizzo to start out. Mm-hmm. Like you freaking despise the woman, but mm-hmm. by the start of this movie, because you're sitting there going, why would you do that to someone? Because she is trying so hard to embarrass the daylights out of Danny because they used to be a thing and now they're not. And mm-hmm. She was finding it utterly amusing to pull the puppet strings to make all the embarrassment happen. Right, right. And then you get those two together and skipping ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. you have her singing about how, oh no, I am emotionally vulnerable in this moment now and people are whispering about me and everything. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm this hard as nails exterior, I've got emotions too, but I'm just hiding them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, So mm-hmm. it's like, well, dang it, I can't even hate her now. You know, it's like the, <laughs> yeah, the, right. <laughs> the movie just messes with you the entire time with all of mm-hmm. your expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, of course, like, she, she joins the cheerleading squad, and of course she ends up with a football player, because, of course, the cheerleaders end up with the football players. That's how it goes in high school. Yeah. That's that's and then eventually she's like admitting I, I can't stand it. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, no, she just yeah, she just runs back to uh Danny later on and uh <laughs> and it, it seems like it, the football player will be fine, it sounds like. <laughs> He's doing Apparently. just fine for himself. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he found the girl that's wanting to be class vice president or something, if I'm yeah, not yeah, no, I, like I one think, of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's what I found interesting and kind of hilarious too, because because the T birds are already skipping school the very first day. <laughs> you, you see them skipping school right away. And my favorite part was when Sonny uh, said, "You know, he's he was like, I'm not going to take any crap from anyone." <laughs> and then he proceeded to take crap from the teacher, and he Miss said McGee. he would be going back to class. <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, perfect time for me to slide in. Miss McGee and Blanche. I mean, mm-hmm. I love all of the staff in this movie. Because right. normally staff is presented as these fuddy-duddy, you know, oh, the cool kids are being brought down by the man sort of thing. Uh-huh. All of the staff members of this movie, some of them, by the way, played by very iconic actors of the 50s, which is kind of the joke of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them we'll get to later. Uh, but just the double act of Miss McGee and Blanche where Miss McGee tries to hold it together because she's the principal. Mm-hmm. And you can tell with the subtle looks that the actress places on Miss McGee's face. It's like, I am slowly falling apart and I'm just <laughs> trying to make sure that this ship doesn't sink by the end of the yeah. year. Not helped at all by Blanche, which is this lovable bumbling assistant that she has. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Like, I love that little thing that happens just before she goes out to catch Sonny and them, uh-huh. um, where she goes, uh, Blanche, have you found the reports for this year? Uh, yes, Miss McGee, I was just handling them. And she's licking something off of her fingers and <laughs> just casually McGee goes, oh, great. They'll be nice and smudged. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, these are the reports for last semester. Now, maybe next semester, we'll find the reports for yeah. this semester. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're always looking for those GPS reports. You know, <laughs> yeah, you get the uh, get the office space reference there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, also, um, but also the fact too that um, 
You know, I love how Sonny is the only one to get in trouble, and the rest of the T-Birds are just standing right there, and you're not going to punish them, right? The only way I can make this work, because I hadn't really thought about this until you put it in the notes, and I went, wait, he's right. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that Miss McGee didn't hear him running his mouth. So right. I feel like that was her move to right. walk up and totally just target him in front of his friends and not acknowledge them because that's mm. the perfect, like, you think you're tough, huh? Well, I'm going to take you in front of all your friends <laughs> and I'm going to decimate you. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. No, that actually makes a lot more sense now, now that you say that for sure. And yeah, no, but that was just so, uh, that was golden. That was just a great mm, line. That was really movie. good. That was great. Um, I love how, I, I lo- that that insult that um that Rizzo throws onto Marty, <laughs> that one character who's at the lunch table, who's wearing the glasses, and she hoped that the glasses would make her look smarter, to which uh, Rizzo uh, responded with, those glasses don't make you look smarter. You can see her, you can see your face. <laughs> Ouch! You can Brutal. still smell the burn. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ah, oh, I felt that. Like I felt that. It wasn't even directed at me, and I felt uh, and I felt insulted. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, that was that was brutal. Brutal line. Um, <laughs> the football coach, man. The football coach tried to get the team out of the seven season slump that that Rydell has had by the way, I can't relate because our football coach got us to the championships all the time. Just saying, just saying, (laughs) yeah, we had a pretty good football team. Um, but yeah, but he starts giving this pep talk, um, you know, that pep talk that every coach does, Uh like he gives that pep talk (laughs) at the bonfire. Right. And the one thing he says is, we're gonna slaughter them, and I and it, and he's like saying it with so such like mm, we're gonna slaughter them. Mm. We're gonna fight them and yeah. bite them and rip them up. Another great Vivian <laughs> and Blanche moment where she's yeah. sitting there mortified, and Blanche is sitting there making the motions right. with her hands and like I, she's doing. And I can't <laughs> tell if we're st- are we still talking about football right now? Like <laughs> right? <laughs> like I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Coach Calhoun, by the way, played by the great Sid Caesar, another 50s comic of the era. So, again, he's one of those actors I was telling you about that Mm -hmm. slides in and is like, there's a reason you're here. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Side note, those marching band uniforms. Yeah, I wore those. They're not fun. I hated them. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually found out recently um, that they just retired uh, them at my school, um, I went back to watch a football game uh, last year, um, and yeah, no, and they had um, they had ditched them for t-shirts and jeans, and I was so <laughs> jealous because the, some nights that you had to wear those, oh my god, those were horrible. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, no, it's like you youngins have got it good these days. You don't realize, <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize how. Uh, uh, we walked so or we or we crawled so you could walk. <laughs> mm. But and but also I have to imagine too that they probably still have them around for special events, I think. Probably. But yeah, but for the actual football games. Yeah, no, I would have I would have very much preferred to wear just a t shirt and jeans out on the field while I was doing my <laughs> little moves. That would have been right. much better rather rather than wearing this stupid like hat thing with like the chin strap and ugh. 
It was awful. Yeah, I think we had those two, if I remember <laughs> properly. Oh, yeah, no, it was awful. It was awful. Um, By the way, um, <laughs> speaking of the coach, going back to the coach for a second. So, so Danny is, you know, seemingly trying to become a jock to impress uh, Sandy and he and he's joining a sport. And, you know, that was pretty hilarious. Like, like he kept cycling through sports. But my favorite part was that the coach was seemingly the coach of every sport at the school, every sport he was the coach of. Like, how does he have time for all of that? I know, right? <laughs> also, why did Danny have to smoke right into the coach's face like that? Like that's that was uncalled for, dude. Come on. <laughs> it's such a good sequence, though, and it, it might be one of my favorite sequences because it's such a comedic just escalation every single time, and like mm-hmm. the subtleties that the coach says again. It being played by Sid Caesar made this so good because he knew how to do these subtle bits while still playing it straight at the same time. It was weird how Uh he pulled it off. It was neat. Um, But it was like maybe something a bit less physical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and like every time he'd get in a fight with somebody, he'd be like, here's one where you don't come in contact with anybody at all. (laughs) (laughs) And he still somehow found a way, right? He would always find a way. Right. So, Sam, I got to tell you, beauty school. I think you and I can agree that beauty school and content creation have a lot (laughs) of similarities. They're not what they thought they were going to be for all of us. You know, (laughs) there's some stuff. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff you go through in both of them, I think. Of -hmm. course, the teen angel showing up gives me another one of those 50s connections. Yeah. The guy that sang Beauty School Dropout was named Frankie Avalon in the 50s. He was a teenage heartthrob. (laughs) Okay. And he was one of those heartthrobs that could put his money where his mouth was. It wasn't just that I think he could play instruments and everything. But yeah, he was a musical teenage heartthrob at the time. Uh, Mom even remembered him. I talked a little bit about Grease with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's um, in her 50s at this point. Um, so there was some crossover in her childhood and people that came mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. 50s along there. And Frankie Avalon was still going on by the time she was around. Gotcha. Um, and she said she remembered him completely, you know, so. Right on. And I did. I honestly did not know that. There's a couple of things that I've figured out from this, just from yeah. the research for this that I didn't know. And yeah, yeah Frankie Avalon is one of them. So. Yeah, well, and and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because because uh, one of the things that I found that was kind of weird was like that whole like sequence with that song, like Frenchie's <laughs> thoughts are like basically conveyed in a song and dance like sort of thing that you were just uh, describing. And um, and what and it includes the line of, um, <laughs> yes, nobody would go to you unless you're a hooker. And I'm just like, damn. But also yeah. at the same time, I'm like. I could totally see that because like, you know, having these thoughts in your head as a teenager was not too far fetched. <laughs> like it really yeah. wasn't. Cause you really don't know. Are we supposed, cause the way this movie has some weird moments sometimes where you're in this case, you're not really sure if did a guardian angel actually supposed to have existed and shown up or is this all a manifestation of all of these unsure things inside of her head? 
either one is completely possible in right <laughs> yeah i know especially given like the environment absolutely man like absolutely so do you have any thoughts about the uh the car derby scene sam because honestly for the most part i feel like that scene is pretty self-explanatory and i always have trouble like describing these scenes because it's like yeah it, yeah it was a car chase scene what else yeah, do you want me to than, what else do you want me to say <laughs> they they were at that iconic ravine i will say like the, several movies have been in that exact same ravine. oh yeah uh-huh. it's such an iconic ravine that it took me a second to snap into place that in Grand Theft Auto V, they put that ravine in that game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like that's that right. Exact, it's in there, and you go through it in a very prominent part of one of the heists and everything. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it, it's been in so many movies that they had to do that. So it, it I loved that when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing about that chase that I'll say is that Belmuto's car, uh, the guy that was the head of the Scorpions, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, man, it yeah. gets James Bond a little bit in a couple of places because he's yeah. got those uh, little spikes on the sides of the wheels to try yeah, to take yeah, someone's yeah. He car was the, uh, Yeah, he was sort of like the rival gang leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. And it's just really cool that that was a thing. But otherwise, yeah, it's... And then the moment where Danny jumps the one part and yeah. the car lands and you sit there and go, that car's about to fall apart. Look at this. Yeah, I know. There's no way that that would actually happen, right? Like, there's it no almost, way. A- it almost actually fell apart, it looked like. I don't know any trivia, but if you mm-hmm. watch the front of that car, it yeah. visibly separates from itself for a second before it comes mm-hmm. back together. Mm-hmm. Like, the- <laughs> The magic of the magic of movie editing, people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's get into the stuff that did not age well about this movie, because there were a few mm-hmm. things in my mind. Right. Yep. So obviously the the stereotypes are probably exaggerated to the umph degree in this movie. And, you know, like for the most part, it was fine. Like there were a few times. To- there were a few points where I where I cringed a little bit because of, you know, like, you know, you would not say that now. Like, you'd get, um, you'd get, uh, what's the word? Um, you'd get canceled for if you said it nowadays. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but there were other issues that I had. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but, um, when they were having, uh, lunch on the bleachers, there was definitely this perv that was just looking <laughs> under this girl's skirt. Like, oh, that was Putts. That was one of the T birds, and they gave him crap for it too. To their credit, mm-hmm. they instead of just letting him do it, they went, "Look at this." Yeah, and then they and then they got the girl's attention and pointed down that way he could get caught. <laughs> All right, <laughs> like, hey, okay, fair enough. Then, yeah, if they're if they're if they were willing to call it out at least and stop it, I mean, I guess that's better than nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's actually pretty progressive for them, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Side note, by the way, um, is that a thing that would happen? Like, did were, did you did at your school? Did they ever um did did everyone eat lunch at the bleachers like were there people that would go out to the bleachers to eat lunch because that was never a thing at my school yeah not for us either um there were there was a little outdoor area you could go to right 
And we didn't even have that, to be honest, either. (laughs) Yeah. And those were the two places you could go. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think it was because um, the logistics of our school, like the the school was on one side of the road and the football field was on the other. And so I think that was same. probably why they didn't yep. do that was because they didn't want like they didn't want to have to deal with, you know, kids crossing the street because, of course, you know, they're on their watch. Right. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So that, yeah, they can't allow room for air like that Uh yeah and our outdoor area was right out the door of the cafeteria like you literally walked out the cafeteria and they were Mm -hmm. they had massive windows to where you could totally see everyone sitting out there so everything Mm -hmm. was covered (laughs) yeah 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 so that make out mountain right like i've definitely seen that scene before in plenty of other um projects like film and tv and stuff and like you know, that I I I have to assume that was very much a '50s thing was just having all the cars out on the, uh, especially probably out in California where you have those big hills like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> I just the fact that his condom breaks because he's had it since seventh grade, like, oh, dude, like, uh, <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> Practice safe sex, people. That's all I'm saying. Too real, right? Too real. I feel like someone else in the actual reality of the earth has actually had that scenario, though. That's yeah. the sad part. Also, also, um, the kid's fucking lucky she didn't get pregnant, right? Because from <laughs> all know. accounts, it very much it sounds like they just did it anyway. And yeah, yeah no, he's fucking lucky she didn't get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Speaking of safe sex, we talked about this earlier with the uh, with the school dance. And, you know, they they did their best to try to keep people from getting too close on the dance floor. You know, as the saying goes, leave enough room for Jesus. Right. (laughs) Like that's that's always the saying. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, at my high school, though, our high school dances. Yeah. No, there was none of that. Like the only Mm. thing the teachers were were looking out for was people going to the bathrooms to have sex like quite literally that was the only thing that was based that was pretty much forbidden like everyone was like grinding all up on each other when i was when i was going to the high school dances like nobody was ever told to stop either like there were definitely people watching but they did nothing to stop it right so Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know we progressed i guess a little bit and I progressed i guess if you want to call it that <laughs> in that regard <laughs> and to be fair this might have been more of the thing of look you're about to be on national television which by the mm, way was highly mm. censored at the time that too <laughs> so, right so that's probably why they're trying to stop him from dirty dancing in this mm-hmm. scenario because yeah for, we yeah. don't want an FCC fine. <laughs> yeah, which of course we they ended up uh, getting anyway because they because <laughs> they had to they had to moon the audience right and, uh-huh. and we saw like fucking like bare ass just hanging out. I might add, right? Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that that was a neat scene all around just because of that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my high school was the exact same way where. Yeah, there was some grinding going on. In fact, <laughs> group of my female friends thought they'd be funny. Got the girl mm. that I came with to the dance mm-hmm. to say, hey, come here, come here, dance mm-hmm. with me. 
Mm-hmm. She drugged me somewhere. Then they surrounded me and dirty danced me. And I, yep. cause they knew I, cause they knew I wasn't going to do that. Yep. I was, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not really my style. Right. Yep. But they were like, no, we're going to embarrass the heck out of Sam. <laughs> I will say, um, I, I will say I full credit to, um, there were, there were like, there were two female friends that I had. I, I wasn't close with them, but I was acquainted with them. Right. And they, um, I, I will give them massive credit because they, um, I, I very distinctly remember my very first high school dance that I went to. And I was, and w- once they got to the slow dance part, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just went off. <laughs> and there was, right. th- and there is like this one girl who would al- like, who would always slow dance with me every time. Aww. Always would. No. And she, nice. yeah, she was great. Um, and yeah, no, I, 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 I always appreciated them because they made me feel like inclusive and everything. Like I, I appreciated that from them so much because I probably would not have, I, I wouldn't have had a dance the entire night if it weren't for them. So, yeah. So I always appreciated them. I, yeah, that they, they were, they're great people, great people. Totally. Um, but yeah, so those uh, those news cameras, those news cameras from the fifties, oh, man. Yes, I I I I, uh, I, w- I when I first saw those cameras, it took me aback. But then I remembered, I was like, oh wait a second, right? This is in the fifties when television was like brand new at the time. Remember, like yeah. keep in mind, like like television had just burst onto the scene. It was barely probably a decade old at this point uh, when those cameras were around, right? And you know, and 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 of course, you know, they were a part of this show called National Bandstand, and and that was very much, I feel like, a call out to American Bandstand that you know was hosted With by Dick, Dick Clark, Clark, right? Yes, totally. Like that's absolutely what it was, right? Like, so yeah, no, that that was amazing. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever go back and? I mean, obviously, you didn't watch them when they were came right. out, but have you ever gone back and watched any American Bandstand episodes? I have. I need to see if those are anywhere for me to watch them. I'm sure they're somewhere. Like, yeah, no, they, whether they're de- legally they're, or illegally. Yeah, uploaded. right. No, I'm they're, sure they're they somewhere. have to be. They have to be somewhere on YouTube, right? Like, yeah. Like, uh, I'm, in fact, I'm I'm looking this up right now just so I can <laughs> know for sure. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Because I was now. a huge fan of Dick Clark. Um, I actually used to stay mm-hmm. up and watch the New Year's Eve things because that's yeah, you know, kind I of would our too. Context, yeah, right? yeah. And like, bless him, even after he had the stroke, he stuck mm-hmm. around until the bitter end and everything. Right? I was like, yeah. dang, man, what a what a baller. Yeah, I, like even even when Ryan phrase, but yeah, like <laughs> even when Ryan Seacrest like took over like the main um activities and everything. Yeah, no, he mm-hmm. would always have an appearance um in the studio. Um yeah. Like, so, yeah, no, he would all like, yeah, up, like you said, up until the very end. Yeah. Like uh, the very last one that he, uh, that he did. Yeah. So that I was, legit uh, think I stopped doing the new year's Eve thing as soon as Dick Clark, you know, yeah. passed away. Like, I think that was just a thing that was connected to him for me. You know? Yeah. One thing that I, one thing that I've noticed too, is, I, I don't know if you noticed, but they still call it Dick Clark's new year's rock and uh-huh. Eve. To this day, yep. by the way, it's still the salute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's very much a salute to Dick Clark. Yeah, which is which is great. Yeah. Um, but uh, but one thing that Dick Clark did not do 
was hit yes. up was was uh was hitting on that teenager my god dude <laughs> i know right like here's the thing right and we said this at the watch party right those two are are like the actual like actors are adults right like right. W- we know right. that right yes but it's still like you know like they're she's playing a high schooler and he's probably in his like 40s or 50s like yeah. dude not cool man not cool <laughs> but yeah and they Creepy. play it so well that it makes it feel like you're watching something mildly skeevy going on like mm-hmm. they they just sell it it's it's great oh yeah 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 absolutely okay so here's one thing that i'm i'm still not quite certain about right so i, I want to get your take on this so okay so they have the dance competition for the tv audience right like um and um and Danny and uh, Danny and um um Sandy are dancing together at first, right? But then yeah. um but then Sandy gets pulled aside. Danny keeps going, right? And, and and Danny ends up winning with this other girl and I believe her name was Chacha if I if I got that right, who yeah. is also apparently at, um an ex of the rival gang member evidently as well as danny i guess so apparently she yeah. got around a little bit um uh-huh. and they started dancing together and they were you know declared the winners of the competition and sandy is obviously pretty upset about it and you know storms off right mm-hmm. i don't know i have heard conflicting reports about why she was upset and originally i thought it was because she lost the dance competition but i think it might have something more to do with like the jealousy between um Danny and Chacha, even though they weren't officially an item at this point, like they had been I, together before, and like maybe it was just jealousy playing a factor there. Yeah, I think the former, or I, I think the latter rather is uh, correct uh, mm-hmm. about the jealousy because she storms out before they even win the thing. Right. Um, that's so timeline wise and everything. Plus, he tried to brush it off. He wasn't exactly honest with her, okay? Like, oh, family, friend, blah, blah, blah. He didn't want to tell her what it was actually going on, which I feel like if he had just said, that's an ex of mine, she would have went, oh, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Right, And not right. had any problem with it. But he practically fibbed to her. Yeah, so, yeah. So no. all of that combined, and when you see those two dancing, it's like, family member, my foot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this is probably one of my biggest gripes about this movie. <laughs> the girls being obsessed about the boys having cars. It's in um, Summer Lovin'. They are constantly falling head over heels when that um, rival gang guy revs his car up. Like, they're just obsessed about boys having cars. Uh, like I think we have moved on from that as a society. I, I I would like to say I would like to think right because I could tell you in my high school, um, like all you cared about in high school was just getting a car, just any car <laughs> right. that you could drive, yeah. right? Much less a cool car, right? And really, other than the car enthusiasts, like in Grease Lightning. Nobody cared what vehicle you were driving when I was in high school. Literally, <laughs> nobody gave a rat's ass what you were driving. Like, you could be driving a minivan for all I care. And, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. D- does that experience track for you, too? Yeah. At that point, um, I think the weirdest thing we had 
was there was a guy, I never found out who it was, but had a Dukes of Hazard horn. Mm. So mm-hmm. in other words, they had the horn. And I remember walking. I almost got inside the school and then someone hogged it. I stopped dead in my tracks and tried to see who it was, but I never figured it out. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh yeah, like, no. that's that's actually pretty cool and pretty funny too. Um, so the drive-in movie theater. Um, here's that was interesting to me. Um, because the drive-in movie theater, right? Um, which by the way, they have that um that scary movie preview, the Blob, which was pretty, yes. uh, which was pretty funny by itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting to me because um, if we had watched this movie three, four years ago, we would have been like, oh, who remembers when drive-in movie theaters were a thing, right? Like, that's such an old thing now. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Because of the pandemic, uh, like, like, well, before the pandemic, they were really on a decline, right? Like, you didn't, there was Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of them left. All of a sudden, though, during COVID, when everyone um, was worried about ventilation and everyone discovered, oh, if you're outside, the ventilation is much better if than when you're inside. All of a sudden, everyone, there was a massive resurgence, uh, you know, to go into drive-in theaters again, as opposed to being in a traditional movie theater. And I don't know, I feel like because of COVID, I feel like drive-in theaters have been kind of making a comeback Um you know, in this day and age, which I I don't think I, I would have ever anticipated, you know, pre-COVID, yeah. right? Like, um, that that that's amazing to me. There's one the next town over from me. I've never gone to it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, because I have slowly declined from going to theaters, I just wait for stuff to come on streaming yeah. so I can rent it and stuff now. See, yeah, that's, I, that's my problem, too, is, like, the nearest movie theater for me is, like, 30 minutes away from here right so i have to drive Mm -hmm. 30 minutes out of my way just to get to the nearest movie theater and you know i and like very rarely is there a movie there that i want to drive 30 minutes out of town to see like i'll just wait when it comes out on streaming right yeah plus you have to deal with people talking getting on their cell phones Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of which i will just say one member of my family if someone gets on a cell phone they will literally call them out in the theater so that may be another reason why we don't go as much Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah it's 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 like one of those things where uh, the theater experience just plus you can't pause it Yep. Unlike when at your home and pause it so you can go run to the bathroom and not miss anything. Right. Just at this point, I'm comfortable with just waiting, being careful online, and then seeing the thing whenever it gets to streaming. Yeah. If I remember that I wanted to watch it. That's the only problem mm-hmm. I have with it. I have to make a list or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing that I hope doesn't make a comeback, though, is uh, boys making moves on the girls at least without their consent anyway. Yeah. Like if it's consensual, fine. But if it's not, which was very much the case with um, Danny and Sandy. Yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah, (laughs) Don't. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool at all. Also, the other thing too, and this is very much a product of, uh, of an earlier time. Um, you don't really see this anymore. Um, 
But the fact that the girls are trying to peer pressure Sandy into drinking underage, smoking cigarettes, which, of course, you know, cigarettes were are not widely condemned the way they are today as they were back then. You know, nine so, out of ten doctors smoke camels. Yeah, and <laughs> it's know, like, it's- <laughs> um, turns out we find out, uh, yeah, no, that was complete and utter crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and yeah, getting a piercing when she clearly doesn't want to, you know, you know, not to mention like, you know, the, the girls smoking in the school bathroom, like, and, and like, you know, talk, talking to each other in there. Okay. The last, that last part I get. But the, that one still exists. Right. When we but, were both in school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the smoking of the bathroom and everything, like, yeah, no, it's just, it's a different time. I, I think there was a report that, like, literally just came out, like, like, couple days, like, a, I want to say, like, less than a week ago, saying, like, marijuana uses is up, up like, duh, who would, like, everyone could have guessed that. But smoking is actually on a rapid decline. Um, like, <laughs> like it actually is like going way down. Like, I, I think less than half of all Americans smoke cigarettes now, according to uh, the latest stats. Literally, came I mean, out whenever a few days restaurants ago. went no smoking at all and actually pulled it off, that mm-hmm. kind of gave you the cultural touch tone you needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for certain, for some people, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, no, and and I. I yeah my uh, my grandfather on my dad's side smoked and I and I always wonder if he would have survived just a little bit longer had he not um um had he not stopped uh, smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah no and and kudos to my dad for not um for not going down that route and uh, starting that habit because yeah no and that w- that would not have ended great and and I'm proud to say I have never smoked a cigarette in my life don't plan on it either. <laughs> So. I literally tried it once. This is a public confession. Not many people know that. I mm. tried it once, and it was literally one of those. What is this? I don't. <laughs> yeah, like, especially like don't get me wrong. I, yeah, especially when I felt the buzz later of you need another one. Most people would go, "Oh, give me one. That way I can get rid of it." That was like, "Oh no, I'm definitely not doing mm-hmm. this now. Let's wait for this to wear off and never do it again." Right? Yeah. No. Don't get me wrong. I will absolutely have um a uh, I will absolutely talk to like people while they're on their smoke break. Those conversations despite the secondhand smoke, those conversations are the <laughs> best. Like when you're uh when you get, you get to talk into some people out on their smoke break, you learn a lot of um neat and interesting things about a person when when they're I on smoke break. Stuck, I couldn't have stuck with it anyway because I I can't be around people when they smoke now. My yeah. allergies don't like it, so I will stand away from them and have that conversation you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, now I have I actually do have a huge problem with the ending of this movie, which is basically okay. and, and and I think kinda, we both see this different ways, so this will be a fun. Okay, part of the okay, yeah, no, fair think, enough. Yeah, so. so here we go. So the ending of this movie, which is kind of the the premise, basically it kind of symbolizes the premise of this movie for me, is Sandy giving into the peer pressure and becoming and like just completely ditching her whole like like she's this innocent girl who doesn't smoke or anything, and then just uh, and dress modestly. And then just out of nowhere, she is like, you know, in the like these very tight clothes 
like um you know the she's wearing she's wearing the jacket that you were at the start of this show <laughs> like she does a complete 180 from how she's acting at the beginning uh like for the rest of the whole movie right mm-hmm. and also but also here's the thing that's just as bad Danny is also trying to change into something he thinks she wants too right like I don't know. It's like, I feel like that just sends a bad message of, you know, not, you know, standing for yourself. I, I don't know. Well, what, here's what do you think? the thing, though. At the end, both of them realize they don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's sort of that moment of now nah, we're together. Right. So sure. Who knows how they actually are after that movie? If either of them switch back or anything like that doesn't really matter because they're I mean, together. I mean, yeah. we might uh, we might have a little bit more insight when the when the prequels come out. I'm just saying we might might have some in, more insider knowledge, maybe. Yeah, because there may be a flashback for all we know. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, that school carnival at the end of the at the end mm. of the school year, we never had one of those. Closest thing that we had was we had like a spirit day where like all the classes would compete against each other. You know, like we we do sports and stuff. But there was also things like puzzle building and my personal favorite, the video game competitions. We'd have Guitar Hero. We'd have Wii Bowling. We'd have mm. we'd have all of that stuff. If you think about it, um, our school had esports, which is <laughs> which was pretty. In, with, knowing my school, it's a it's impressive we even had any um, ounce of esports during Spirit Sign. Day. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but I love how they uh, they also like rightly ask like what if we lose touch when they graduate like but and and that the, they just decide we'll never grow apart guys we're always going to stick together. Listen, reality check. <laughs> I've got some bad news for you. You absolutely will. Even with Facebook now, I still don't talk to any of my high school classmates except at high school reunions, and I'm friends with all of them on Facebook, and I still don't keep in contact with them. I've got a small group, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those where you're not going to stay with everybody. And a yeah. lot of that is people change and stuff like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. you evolve over time. I mean, heck, your brain has not even fully <laughs> psych student coming out. Mm-hmm. Your brain has not even fully developed at this point by the time you get out of high school. That won't happen until you're 25. Mm-hmm. So you're not even fully cooked yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, my, I feel like my, I'm 26. I feel like my brain's still not fully developed, but that's another story. You'll feel that for um, a couple of years. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I will say I went to my five-year high school reunion. Yes. We had a five-year high school reunion. And, um, it, and, and I will say like the, there was even within five years, just the drastic change in everyone's mm. demeanor was very apparent. Like you could definitely tell that we had, we had grown up a little bit in the five, even in the five years since we had graduated high school. Um, I think we're actually coming up on our 10 year reunion in about two years. So that'll be, um, I'm curious if they're going to plan anything for that. I imagine they probably will, but that'll be interesting. Ours tried to come up with a reunion and it fell through the cracks. So I don't know if they're ever going to try that again, Mm. but we'll see. (laughs) Right on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, was it like a five-year, ten-year? Oh, maybe a ten-year. Oh, wow. It was maybe. a ten-year. Interesting. Because I, I, I would have expected like a five-year to fall through, but that's that's interesting for a ten-year. Wow. 
it's hard to get a hold of everyone and get that stuff. Yeah, working, even it really is. Book. Yeah, so it's for sure. Uh, by the way, <laughs> Danny's car can just fly at the end of the movie. Yeah, what? <laughs> this is not how any of this works. This is why I questioned whether an actual guardian angel showed up or not. Because if a car can fly in this movie, why not? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. Let's. This is. Yeah, cars can just fly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've figured out flying cars in 1950. Sure. <laughs> uh, also, they 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 called this movie Grease, right? I have to imagine it was just because of all the grease that they used in their hair for this film. <laughs> I feel like it was like a double meaning sort of uh-huh. joke. Uh, like the grease in their hair because they were all greasers. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But also all the car work. Mm. Oh, 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 right. I didn't even think about that. That's right. I feel like it's both. Right. Oh, so yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. you were wrong. It's more along the lines of, hey, it's grease for two reasons. Uh huh. Uh huh. For sure, for sure. All right, so we we are running long on this. I I apologize for keeping you this long. So we'll 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 speed run through this last part here. But uh, the sequels, right? I'm not sure if we can speed run this next part. <laughs> okay, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> but uh, Grease Two. Uh, so Grease Two was released uh, four years later in 1982 as the as a sequel to Grease, right? What's interesting about this movie, though, is that m- not a lot of the original actors in this film are in this one. And it also kind of focuses on a new set of seniors at Rydell High School. It, it takes yeah. place in like the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Like four years later, right? Mm-hmm. I'm My guess, though, is that this movie probably didn't do as well because everyone was all new. But I don't know. It's... It's a new set of students, except for Frenchie, because since she dropped out, she had to make up time. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. So Frenchie is there. Um, it does involve a connection to the first set of students. Um, Sandy's cousin, I believe the guy is, comes to Rydell, and she charges Frenchie with looking after him, essentially. Okay. So there is... Orders from the previous crew. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, there's still a set of pink ladies. There's still a set of T-Birds. They hold the originals to a high standard, like they worship them and everything. What? There's yeah. even a locker that is the T-Birds locker that nobody touches, and they make sure nobody touches because that- it's a slice of American history. That's interesting that they kept the click names um, the same. I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like that would be realistic in a regular school but i don't know maybe i don't know it's interesting a lot of people that if you ask them about grease 2 they'll go don't don't watch it Mm. i come to bat for grease 2 i almost i am a sacrilegious person when i say this i almost like grease 2 more than they do grease 1 oh oh that's a bold move okay it's because it's a very specific level of silly and i don't think that i think for some people because it's that specific level of silly they don't like like the biology teacher sings a song about reproduction oh like (laughs) because because he's trying to get the kids attention they're like yeah 
look, you've got to try to figure out a way to get these kids' attention because they're bored in classes and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. I've got it. And he comes up with this metaphor in reproduction of, you know, a guy and a girl getting together and stuff like that. And it gets their attention. They pay attention in class and it becomes a musical number and everything. Wow. To which Miss McGee then has to give him a thing. We have standards. These students have drives. Lustful drives. <laughs> Lustful <laughs> it's, drives. it's her losing her mind on him as they're walking down the hallway. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's... I. All of the people that need to come back for it come back. So you've got pretty much all the staff along with certain other staff members that are new to the thing come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, of course, McGee and Blanche are back. Uh, Coach Calhoun is back. You know, um, mm-hmm. even uh, the one nerd that they pick on at the beginning of the movie and shows up at the end. Oh, okay. He's back. Oh, like so like all these tiny characters that are connected to this thing are all back. So it's still the same place and it makes it feel like it. You've just got a different set of students. Right. Um, And it's a different time period, too. Yeah. Yep. And even Belmudos shows up. So the scorpions are still lurking around the place and everything. And Mm. they're still the bad guys that the T-Birds are up against and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's got enough. To where it still works as the same universe and it's just different kids and this time the australian is a guy and the american is a girl instead of the oh interesting okay you know okay but here's the big here's the twenty five thousand dollar question do we do we watch grease 2 later on in cinemavention or is this one of those movies that i just watch on my own I would very much argue that we do. However, I have the strangest suspicion that this audience is going to give you feedback that says, no, we don't. But if you want someone to take the bullet, because (laughs) I will happily, I will grab the gun from you metaphorically and push the bullet into me myself. (laughs) I love that movie. Fair Um, enough. Fair enough. Definitely. If you want to go with Cinemavention um, of an analysis of Grease 2, I will definitely go there with you. All so, right. Uh, that's up l- to you. you uh, yeah. Let, l- uh, let me know. Uh, email at cinemavention.com if we should cover uh, Grease 2. And if we don't cover it on the podcast, Will, me and you will still have a conversation. All right. There. Yeah. No, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That's fair. We, we could maybe do it on your show. How about that? <laughs> oh, that work. So how about these new projects? So we have Grease 2, the uh, the movie that came that has come out already as a sequel. How about these new projects in development that are essentially prequels to Greece almost, which I uh, which I didn't um, realize were even a thing until I was um, researching for this show. But uh, Paramount Plus yeah. has a has one Greece prequel in the works called Greece Rise of the Pink Ladies, and it'll be set in the same timeline as the Greece movie, only it'll be four years earlier, which is interesting. And, you know, presumably it will focus on the pink ladies i would imagine right and what's interesting is the way that the variety article that we have linked in the show notes kind of words it it sounds like it'll be a streaming tv series rather than an actual movie that that's the Mm. way they were kind of describing it so what do we think about a grease prequel tv series rather than a movie you better be careful with your casting because mm-hmm. four years, that means that we're taking the seniors that we have in Greece and making them freshmen. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Am I doing the math on that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> freshman. Like, right, right, yeah, freshman. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm, this this is one of those where I can see it being a good idea if they cast it properly. So you had well, better cast every single one of them properly. Well, they actually do have they actually do have the cast uh uh, uh mentioned uh, in the variety for bleh, in the variety article. <laughs> They uh they have uh they have the cast uh listed there. Like they, they have everyone okay. listed there. So yeah, uh, everyone go check out that variety article. Yeah, and, as long as they yeah. play them the same way, because these are really dynamic characters mm-hmm, as we were mm-hmm. kind of talking. So right. you're gonna have to play at pinpoint or might not work. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to it. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. And and then Hollywood Reporter has a story about another Grease prequel in development. Um, I would assume it, this would also be on Paramount Plus, but maybe, um, but maybe it'll end up on another streaming service. In fact, Rise of the Pink Ladies was originally wrote for HBO Max, um, but then it, um, I guess, got picked up by Paramount Plus instead, which I get again makes sense because it's a Paramount movie, so they obviously right. own the IP for it. Um, but yeah, no, it hasn't been announced where this will end up. I assume it'll be Paramount Plus, but we don't have confirmation yet. Um, but this one is called Summer Lovin', and it focuses mm. on the very on the first few minutes of the film, and I and I guess it it'll just kind of go more into depth about how Danny and Sandy's relationship even formed over the summer in the first place, and uh-huh. it'll kind of go over that timeline like basically the first three minutes of the movie of the of greece is what this movie is entirely focusing on um and and i feel and i think i like this one a lot because that aspect of the original movie was i feel like in it was probably purposely vague on purpose right and you know and, and they really and realistically it's only summarized in summer lovin like the song mm-hmm. that they sing, and then you just never hear about anything else again. And and also too, the fact that Danny like exaggerates the story too means oh, we yeah. really didn't get a full, true, accurate portrayal of that story. So I would actually be interested in this prequel personally. What about you? Yeah, and if I was talking about pressure in the first prequel, the Pink Ladies thing. My goodness, the pressure's even higher for getting a Danny and a Sandy. <laughs> oh my so. god, yeah. Yeah, it's like good luck trying to find uh <laughs> yeah, a new Danny and Sandy. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tall order for sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, no. I I uh, we'll 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 see how it goes. I'm curious to see how this goes. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see how it ends up. Some people get really uh, precious with properties that they like mm-hmm. where they go, oh, don't touch my thing. Don't come up with another uh, way of doing it. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm always the guy that opens my arms and goes, let's see what you can do. I want to see how you're creative with this. I loved things like Gotham, for instance, mm-hmm. and stuff like that for that very reason, because it's yeah. take something I love and put a twist on it or do something yeah. with it. I, I very I very much enjoyed the uh the iCarly reboot with like an adult spin on everything. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that was an a, an interesting show. I, I have to catch up. I, I've fallen behind. Same. But Same. but I but I need to catch up. You and I uh you and I need you and I and Wermol uh need to talk about that in particular because yeah, no, that was that yeah, I remember we were gonna do something about that a while ago. But yeah, no, yeah. we we should we should pick that up and uh figure something out up on that. But 
but yeah, no, I'm 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 excited to see where those where these prequels go. So um, we'll probably see them in the next probably two or three years, assuming they don't get can- uh, canned before then. But <laughs> right, but uh, we'll find out how it goes. Uh, so having said all of that, uh, Sam, it's time to give our final ratings of this movie. I can imagine what where you're gonna uh, give this rating. Uh, what are you gonna give it? Two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Yep, I could have guessed that. <laughs> now, uh, all right, and I, I am going to give it a thumbs up as well. I mean, come on, Olivia Newton-John is enough is enough for it to receive a <laughs> thumbs up by itself, right? Like, I mean, come yeah. on, she is just absolutely stunning, especially in that end scene. I make I make fun of that um of that aspect of you know of of the <laughs> hypocrisy and that. But I can't lie, she looks gorgeous uh, oh in that my ending God. scene, the, right? Like, I I was watching this the other night, and I went, oh my word. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Like, like I, I don't think I had watched this since I was, like, more of an adult. And uh-huh. I, I kind of gave the collar oh, okay. <laughs> did it just get warm in this room yeah right uh-huh but um but yeah but it was a uh it was a fun movie um i had so much fun you know and it was not really meant to be a deep movie right like that was very much not its purpose yeah. however some sometimes those movies are just the best like i i i enjoy those movies a lot and this movie was no exception in that regard so yeah thumbs up from me and i'm i'm actually excited to uh to take a look at the uh, prequels i think those are going to be interesting to check out so mm-hmm. those are on paramount plus so yeah look forward to that uh speaking of looking forward to things uh sam uh <laughs> thank you so much for uh thank you so much for being here and uh tell the folks what they can look forward to from you what they can look forward to from you i should say <laughs> Well, if you want to find all of my online content, my Let's Plays, podcast, all of that business, you can head on over to tscn.tv. And if you want to find me on social media and the stuffs, the Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch, all of those are at TSCN Sam. Right on. And uh, yeah, everyone uh, go check out that. And uh, yeah, uh, Sam's been doing a lot of Twitch streams. I've been trying to get um get into them but i've been super busy lately but i'll i'll try to make it to one of those streams one of these times but um in fact i think he's almost kind of become you kind of become like the the game night pre pre-show almost because <laughs> i have because you to move my stuff to fridays now yeah because you raid into renegu and then renegu raids into me so yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah so you need more pre-shows before game night here's another one <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, absolutely amazing. Of course, I do a watch party for each of these movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie along with everyone else in the Discord, join us over at discord.cinemavention.com. Join the conversation over there. You can also leave feedback over there as well. But if you're one of those people like Sam that just can't make it to the watch party, it's it's super late, I know, for, for Sam. It is very late <laughs> for Sam. But don't you worry, because we have the watch party available exclusively on demand to the people who support over at patreon.com slash one. 
You get your own RSS feed with all the exclusive content as well as the public episodes. And it's such a great tool um, if you're a supporter. Go check it out. Don't forget that I'm also live twice a week playing games with the community over at twitch.tv slash is one Once again, send in your feedback. Send in your feedback to discord.cinemavention.com, but also send me an email, email at cinemavention.com. That is one of the best ways to get a hold of me if you want to give feedback on the show. And visit the website cinemavention.com to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week to discuss the movie Napoleon Dynamite with Anthony Anthony Lemos and Kent Fallor. Oh man, the ritual it's the ritual misery takeover of Cinemavention. I I cannot wait to talk about this movie. Another fun movie that I'm looking forward to talking about. And I hope you're excited to hear us talk about it next time. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>